Welcome to Every Horror Movie on Netflix, the show where we watch, review, and discuss every horror movie on Netflix. Back again, I'm Chris, here with Patrick. Hello. And Steven. Hi. On today's show, her name was Lola. She was a showgirl. You mean cam girl. I'm making Copacabana jokes, Barry Manilow. And I got some bad news, guys. We fucked up. We, how, how did we fuck up? What are you talking about? Cam is not listed as a horror movie on Netflix. What? I know. It's Blumhouse. It's being marketed as a horror film. Absolutely. What is it, a thriller? We broke our one rule. Every horror yeah. movie on Netflix. So I guess the I guess the format's wide open now. We can review whatever the fuck we want. Romance movies on Netflix. Mm. Thriller movies on Blu-ray. The new season of Queer Eye is coming up. Canadian police interrogations on YouTube. Oh, God. Don't even start. <laughs> Don't even start. <laughs> That's my new obsession. No, yeah, it's not a horror movie, despite being, like, obviously market it as a horror movie if you look this up every article that's been written about this movie talks about it as a horror movie i didn't check because i assumed it was but uh, uh, it may have just been a clerical error it's not in the a to z category i Ooh. didn't i as i was watching it i was like this isn't very horror-ish there are elements i mean i i had to stop myself from having this internal dialogue we've talked enough about what a horror movie is right i think if it like strikes a certain mood or affects you in a certain way gives you a sense of dread it's a horror movie and i I would say this is a it's horror enough but who cares right who cares we watched it it will appeal to horror fans that's good enough for us there we go yeah uh but yeah the movie is cam and it's a thriller slash horror slash whatever uh set in the world of cam girls <laughs> i love this phrase and i love that it's come up twice now well i'm a big fan of movies like genre movies that like their most notable aspect is they take place in like a niche community in yeah, a world same. yeah yeah it's got almost like a boogie nights kind of vibe to it at times at least in how it like shows you like this this side of a, a se- seemingly seedy world that you you've always wondered about and here we get a chance to actually become deeply involved in it i'm waiting for like a police thriller set in the underground competitive vaping scene (laughs) is Is that that a thing thing? like yeah (laughs) yeah competitive vaping yeah there's like they vape and they blow the clouds and there's like the clouds that they blow are judged Okay, so now I know that when I'm driving around and I see people blowing these obnoxious clouds out of their car, they're probably they're just practicing. practicing. <laughs> You're looking at million-dollar athletes. <laughs> Can't wait for you to buy me a Coke, Steven. <laughs> but yeah, Cam. Cam Girls. What's to say about it? Well, like you said, it, it's set in the in the world of Cam Girls, and it does kind of set up its like the rules pretty quickly. It cold, like It's pretty much a cold open, if I remember correctly, into... A, a a cam girl who we're going to follow broadcasting uh, a pretty shocking. shocking stunt. We should say for the uninitiated, just you know, explaining what a cam girl is. Um, you know, it's a girl or a woman who performs a live show on a webcam, not always involving sex, but often involving sex, and before a live anonymous audience of fans. Paying fans. Often paying. Not always, yeah, yeah, but usually. Yeah. Um, the point is that they make money one way or the other. Right. 
if you aren't aware of the concept of live cam shows, which are ubiquitous online now, this is probably a very interesting movie just for that aspect alone. Because I mean, even if you are familiar, it's interesting just for the insight into how that world works, because the writer of the film actually cammed and and so did the director actually to prepare for the movie. I'm not sure if the director needed to go on cam himself to make this movie, but you know, any excuse is as good as any other. (laughs) I I looked him up after you told me that and I I don't suspect he made very many tokens camming. I don't know. There's an audience. There's an audience for everyone. But I mean, why not? You know, why not have the experience? I don't know. I mean, is there a, why? Why is it a question if he needed to or not? I guess is my question. I, well, what other research can you do? Yeah. I mean, it was already written, and I mean, it's credited as a film by him and this other writer who was actually a cam girl and who wrote the screenplay. So I feel like her being that involved in the creative process may have been enough that you don't actually have to, you know, if you're making a movie about a serial killer, you don't need to go out and murder somebody. So do you suspect that it was just like showy on his part? Is that your complaint? I'm not making any accusations. I'm just saying, (laughs) I mean, it's good for publicity, but also I think this movie really, I mean, I don't know the truth of this world and I suspect a lot of liberties were taken in certain aspects of this film that we'll get to. But it, it felt real. I mean, like, I, I think it did pay off. The director had some experience as far as, like, at, you know, he didn't write the script, but he had to shoot the thing. He right. had to, you know, move the camera, right. make this all seem realistic. He had to know how to light it, which is something I'm sure we'll get into. Yeah. Well, and if you're going to direct actors through the process of playing cam performers, I'm sure it helps in at least some perhaps small way, at least to have that experience yourself. Yeah. So there's this shocking opening scene where she's performing for her followers and we're kind of introduced to the way the film works, which is that we see close-ups of the scrolling chat with all her followers responding to her performance and asking her to do different things and flirting with her, saying creepy shit to her or whatever. And some anonymous new character shows up in the forum and tells her that he wants her to kill herself on camera. Yeah, he starts saying really violent things, and, and it's, it's you know, tense right off the bat because she's got a creeper in the chat who she can't seem to get rid of, and she has a knife, and he's, like, pushing her to, to slit her throat, and, and she does it. And so we're like, oh, that was a good movie. He get, And he gives her, like, a huge tip. Like, it, the assumption is that maybe she's doing this just because, like, she was given a shitload of money, too. Even well, though it doesn't fucking make any sense. Like, there's... Is there really suspense to this? It's mostly just a shocking scene. It's not suspenseful because it's like, why, what is the actual motivation for her doing this unless it's a stunt, which it does surprise turn out to be. Well, if I didn't know that this character, Alice, a.k.a. Lola, Lola's her screen name, Alice is her real name, if I didn't recognize her and know that she was going to be the star of the entire movie, I would have thought this is a cold open of someone just being, you know, driven to the edge. Right, it's like in media red and then we back up and this is how we got there a la uh, Terrifier (laughs) (laughs) yeah right Terrifier a movie with very uh, different portrayals of women and and sex (laughs) both involve at least the thought of genital mutilation Uh we've got that in common uh huh yeah but you know disturbing trend yeah because the mysterious chatter tells her to stick a knife in her vagina so oddly the odd that we have two movies one show right after the other back to back involve in at least some way a the the female genitalia being mutilated with a knife yeah well so she she slits her throat dramatically falls to the ground 
people it's interesting the comments aren't all like oh my god a lot of them are like whoa that was a crazy show you know like and some right. people are horrified and then of course she comes back to life yeah she gotcha and i my first thought was how in the world did she pull off that stunt of like realistically slitting her throat mm. but then i remember that in the new issue of fangoria there's actually a full page tutorial of how to do that exact thing like as a party trick oh, oh great. she must so, have been a subscriber <laughs> well no my initial thought was like this isn't something that like a realistically like any just ordinary person could do and pull off and it took me out of it took me out of the film even more because mm. obviously i we both feel patrick i don't know about you chris but it felt like that whole scene was played for shock Mm-hmm. And it distanced me even more from it, but it was it was the classic. You have to front load your horror movie with something like creepy and shocking in the first five minutes, uh, even if you don't really have a, a natural impetus to do it. You know what? It was thrilling for me, and it does I think really help set up who this character is and what she's trying to achieve. Right. I think it's a great opening scene, actually. Yeah. So we basically get the broad strokes. She's a cam performer. And she... A very ambitious one. Very ambitious. And she will do set up stunts. She will do whatever it takes. And she's trying to, you know, raise her rank on the website, which has thousands of women all doing shows, competing for audience and competing for money expressed in this universe as tokens. Customers convert their currency into tokens for use on the site. And you hear this little coin drop sound every time the tokens are um, delivered to her. Yeah. Let me hear a little bit of audio of that. Yeah. Once more. Yeah. Okay. One one more. Because yeah. you're going to hear that sound. Um, I'm, I'm not good at uh, estimates, but probably like 5,000 times in this movie. <laughs> Hundreds of times. And it's, it's very, you know, true to life. These these websites are always blinging with, with donating people. Blinging. Yeah. Blinging. Blinging. <laughs> blinging. Um, I wish that we could broadcast our show live so that, we, so that when we say something really fucking funny, someone like tips us and you can just we just have that little twinkle in our ears the whole time just that little reward every time that we say something fucking hilarious because you know, we do so regularly well i'm streaming this on a filthy adult site right now <gasps> you so you might get your wish oh you might some get people use patreon some podcasts and, why, and we use xtube why, <laughs> why did you see think, any difference why did you think i was doing today's episode in my underwear i was actually. gonna say good thing that i took my shirt off before yeah. we started <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> I don't know why Steven's naked, though. Uh, he, you're giving away the store, Steven. Some, <laughs> we do that in private. Well, for 200 tokens a minute. <laughs> anyway. Oh, 200 tokens a minute just came in. Oh, great. Well, I'll avert what did, my What eyes. do tokens equate to? I mean, it's probably different for every site, but I'm guessing it's like pennies on the dollar. Um, it's, I, it's, I don't know. And this movie never really tells you, but you, you get the sense that it's a, a lot of money changing hands. Because she can rent a pretty big house. She's got this lavish room that she broadcasts from as well that is completely lined in red velvet curtains she has fancy furniture her computer monitor is like in a gold frame she's absolutely loaded yeah she's that one there's one scene where she's buying like a five thousand dollar couch yeah she's just like shopping on her phone like just loading up her like you know pottery barn cart like i load up my taco bell order just five thousand dollars it's no, money's no object she goes to buy that's true i didn't that didn't really register with me though she buys video games for her brother's birthday party and isn't even paying attention she's just buying like every video game on the no shelf. they're blu-rays and i love that scene because i'm like ah oh, the last bastion of physical media is in like whatever town it is, is yeah, in phoenix most, or something uh, that's the most unrealistic part of, <laughs> right part of the movie when she's in, oh, when she's in the DVD shop, yeah. Yeah. No, the Blu-ray shop. It it's looks like Blu-ray. a DVD shop. It's all it, Blu-ray. Blue cases. It? I think I saw a lot of DVDs in that shop. There's DVDs, Blu-ray, and video games. Yeah. 
She's buying video games. I, I was pretty sure they were video yeah. games. I, too. I thought they she were bought reading. like Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon. Yeah, I thought they were like, like a couple Xbox. other games. She just like scoops them off the shelf with her full arm, like with no regard yeah. to what. The, yeah. Well, she's a little distracted because her life's going to hell by that point. Because the, basically the problem in the movie is Alice. You know, she's she's a rising star on this site. She uh, what is it? She breaks the top fifty. We see yeah. her break the top fifty, which mm-hmm. is a long goal of her. She's ranked number fifty on the site. When there's thousands, she started um, at like five thousand or something, right? She, and in her in her ambition to get more viewers, more money, she does an audacious show with another cam girl at the cam girl clubhouse. Puts herself out there a little more than she's comfortable with, a little more than she's used to. And then when she wakes up in the morning, there's an imposter taking over her account. She can't log into her account. There's a doppelganger streaming as her looks, sounds identical. And the doppelganger has assumed Alice's entire audience and personality and identity. And what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Customer support at the website. What's it called again? It's like free, free girls, girls live. free girls live. FGL customer support doesn't take it seriously. It's kind of a Twilight Zone nightmare, you know, identity theft scenario. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of there's some creepy shit that happens before then though. We learn a little bit about uh, she has a friend who goes by the screen name Tinker Boy, yep. who she calls immediately after pulling off that stunt. I assumed he was gay. I assumed he was like the GBF at first. Did you guys have that feeling? I thought he was a friend. Yeah, I at first I didn't realize he was like a paying customer or whatever. I also thought he was just a friend. I thought he was just a confidant. Well, she... Because uh, he's the one who's posed as the anonymous person who was asking her to kill herself. Yeah, the whole threatening he, stuff was a setup with yeah. her and one of her most regular customers. Well, yeah. so she goes out to like the Dollar General or something in her town, uh, runs into an old friend she hasn't talked to in a while. We learn a lot about her there, too. She's kind of a smug, sort of careless, unemotional person, very self-absorbed. And in the midst of this conversation, she sees who she assumes is Tinkerboy shopping at the store. He had, We assume he lives like hundreds of miles away. Suddenly, he's in her hometown. Pretty skillful that they were able to set him up enough that we were able to instantly recognize him in the store. Even right, because I've only seen them on the computer in Fleeting. And that's how she would have felt. Like, I've only ever seen this guy in, like, shitty lighting and poor video quality. And then we see him in real life, and it's all the more startling. Like, yeah. wait, oh, that's him. Yeah. It takes a couple of seconds to recognize him, and then... Right. And she's not as upset as maybe I, I would expect her to be, but she's upset. She's upset, but all she does is dodges calls, really. Like, I'd right. be more inquisitive. Like, I'd answer that call and be like, what the what fuck are you doing? Well, um, we'll get into my whole theory on how, how that... The, the stuff with Tinkerboy really affected me at the beginning of the movie and kind of set my expectations for the movie. Um, and then the movie did not... It went in a different direction. I think Tinkerboy is something of a well. I can't. I can't say because um, that would be getting into spoilers to say anything. And I don't. We gotta be careful with spoilers on this because this movie is probably first and foremost a mystery. Yes, at least it was for me. I would totally agree. I do. I think there is. There are a couple other things we should set up and not really reveal too much about right off the bat, but there are a couple of other important characters. We've got her family, which we can get into. She's got kind of a fraught relationship with her family, and there's a lot of stuff about sort of socioeconomic status that plays into this with her mom. But there's also an older gentleman who has a very kind of Brian Cox vibe, who's (laughs) one of her biggest fans, who after the stunt, um, initially Tinkerboy wants to watch her take a bath, and she instead uh, calls him. And broadcasts herself, presumably for free, 
pro bono <laughs> to to so he can watch her bathe and kind of catch no, up. No, he's no, tipping no. her. He's the whole tipping time. her. The yeah, whole time. he's yeah. charging okay. her. Him, she's charging him the whole time. His story. He's is, tipping like crazy too. He tips like four times. Yeah. like before she even gets in the bath. Oh, okay. Right, he's like the kingmaker on the site. Yes, and he joins her room when she's doing the suicide stunt. And that's the first time he's been there. Oh, okay. And I didn't so put that she's together. very excited that this is a new opportunity for her. And so then when he... That's the first he, time. He, re- he reveals that yeah. he's going to... seems like an established relationship. Or, so too, but that's just who he is. He's a pimp, you know? Yeah. He's got that charm and he swagger. He does something that's remarkable. He, like... He dumps a lot of money on her, which I think she says later on is unusual because usually he gives to the higher girls, whatever. I didn't mm. put that together, but you're right. And and he reveals that he's going to be in her town soon. So we've got that kind of set up that um, with some of these relationships from from the online world are going to uh, affect her her actual reality. That boundary is about to be crossed. She's juggling a lot of stuff and you call her smug or i forget and uh, something else a moment ago but i i think her problem is she just has a one-track mind Hmm. she wants to be at the top of this site and that consumes her entire life well i will say to that that's a really good way of putting it i think it's very sort of generate it's 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 an approach to trying to deal with um a a certain generation that's been raised by technology and has maybe become (laughs) a little too invested in it Mm -hmm. but i find it i found it this movie like riveted me all the way through but even early on i had trouble trying to sort out like why am i invested in this character all she Mm -hmm. wants is to get to the top of the list and i don't know enough about her to care what little i do know about her makes her seem like kind of an appalling person i think you're primarily invested i mean the main reason to watch this movie in the first place like the main selling point of this movie is sort of the prurient interest in the you know the subject material the whole world of cam girls and i think that kind of carries a movie that otherwise might not be as interesting or where you might have a harder time becoming invested or figuring out what your motivation is to even watch just because of the i guess salty subject matter yeah i, I totally agree i'll give you some tokens for, for that, for that comment. <laughs> um, tip him well because the yeah. character i agree i thought i actually watched this movie twice um for reasons i can get into but um the character was not that compelling to me i was like this is kind of a thin character i don't really know a lot about her other than she wants to be on this site but i think we sympathize with her because there is that one you know the kind of prurient thing where we're in you know intimate spaces with her and Uh you know we kind of feel close to her just kind of being on that side of the computer screen with her and also uh, we've all had our technical difficulties <laughs> you know we've all been locked out of our accounts and stuff mm-hmm. and we can kind of relate to the like the horror of like oh no something's gone extremely wrong online and what's my recourse yeah this movie knows to push the right buttons at the right time to distract you from again i i don't know where i fall on this honestly i i i I felt very invested in this movie but at the same time i kept grappling with like why do i care about what happened to this character but then something really relatable would happen to her Mm -hmm. i should add as well that her cam shows are oddly compelling because you start to gradually learn what her motivations are and where she's coming from and seeing the degree to which she can fake it Mm-hmm. And I, I just found that relationship with her and the website and with the people that are tipping her really interesting, mm-hmm. like learning just how much uh, a person can transform into a new identity just for money. I, I really loved that aspect and of the performance. What's the what's the actress's name? Madeline Brewer. Madeline Brewer. Great performance. I really enjoyed the moments where she shifts from her like 
actual like anxious nail biting self to like a fucking you know fantasy object when she needs to mm-hmm. yeah um she does that a couple times where like she just puts on the mask and she's mm-hmm. ready to go and later we see kind of a a combination of those two qualities as she's anxiously trying to improve her rank right and that was yeah. kind of mm-hmm. cool too to see both sides like um the the you know we're talking about in the hotel lobby uh yes but also oh, i don't know if we can get into it yet but after the yeah. doppelganger takes hold and she's trying to like distract people from that channel oh, yeah and we yeah. see her just like trying to hold on to what she has but still performing at the same time mm-hmm. so like we see the girl that we see we saw biting nails in her mom's salon earlier but also like the girl who has the ambition to climb into the top 50. It, it sounds like you're talking actually about the scene where the other cam girl her sabotages. Baby girl That's right. Show. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, because she's on she's on cast. This is before the doppelganger takes over, and she's being um, sabotaged by another viewer saying, hey, I'll get naked if you drop her rank. And so she's trying to still play it cool, but she's freaking out at the same time. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Lots of layers. But I was wondering if the main problem with the doppelganger and that the whole problem she encounters was supposed to like symbolically symbolically relate or actually literally relate in the text of the movie to the, her like split identity that she had going on that's what i thought i thought this was a this seemed to be a movie about kind of kind of selling yourself to the devil you know casting your friends and family aside for a per, for a selfish personal pursuit and the havoc that that can wreak, wreak in your life you know, when you stop being genuine to the people you love in favor of a pursuit where you have to perform to make money, you're there. There's an internal split going on there. Mm-hmm. I think maybe it ends up actually coming off that way, but I don't think that's what the writer intended. You know, really? the, the writer. Yeah, I read at least some interview with the writer and I forget her name right now um, where she said, you know, you're not intended to pass any judgment on this person or this profession. And basically, you're supposed to be rooting for her to get her identity back. Oh, I was. Yeah. Uh, I'm. I wasn't rooting. I was like, I wanted to see it happen because I know sort of what the beats of these types of movies are, and I was invested in like the thrill of it. But I I didn't care about her at all. I thought she seemed like a pretty awful person, pretty irredeemable. Actually, I also saw the director compare it to Whiplash one of my favorite mm. movies, and Black Swan and these movies oh, where you okay. have someone who's mm. like obsessively into what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So I didn't think that the movie was making a judgment call on whether or not she should be camming at the expense of her family and stuff. It's, it was just like, this is how it is. This is what she wants. And I was on board with what she wanted. Yeah, I mean, it's a movie about the horror of the gig economy when you boil it all <laughs> yeah, down. Yeah, it know? is. I mean, because a lot of us are, you know, working these jobs where, you know, you're making little bits of money for doing little things and it's all you're building up a reputation, you're building up a certain image. And really, at this point in our little millennial existence, like what is more horrifying than an alternate social media presence popping up who everyone else believes is you and is running away with whatever fucking street cred or whatever your uh, good name is, you know? And possibly important to the theme of the movie is that this doppelganger identity does things that she had drawn a line and said she wasn't willing to do on cam herself. Mm -hmm. Uh, She would never tell a, a... customer that she loved them she would never say i love you she She would would never you know there was a limit to what she was willing to do in public this doppelganger doesn't have those limits she would never get fully nude was another rule as well i think um i don't know what the line on that was her rule was her it was no public shows i don't know what she what qualifies as a public show okay on on her 
show. But she had these rules. The doppelganger doesn't follow those rules. And it's implied that that's part of the reason why the doppelganger is a lot better at being a cam girl than she was. Well, and the doppelganger also kind of seems to be almost constantly active as well, which obviously she's not capable of. You know, the doppelganger right. has sort of a, a supernatural quality about her. Like she's the enhanced, the 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 superior version of Alice. Yeah, she's almost always online, and we hear Alice complain about working like a 70-hour week at some point in the mm-hmm. movie, getting yeah. kind of burned out. Mm-hmm. And running out of ideas, too, to the point that she has to fake a suicide on camera to right. draw followers. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you top that? Right. Which, really, can we talk about that for a minute? Because there's a there are a couple of different scenes that imply, you know, that basically these very violent scenes draw people, which I don't, I mean, I, I I don't know too much about this subculture, I guess, but is there really that much audience for a girl offing herself on camera? I mean, obviously snuff videos exist, but I don't, I think that's a very, very like niche kind of thing. Well, I think that's reflected in the comments. I mean, I said earlier, like some people are like horrified and like leaving the chat room and, and then a select few are like, oh my God, yeah, do it, do it. But it's... It's a few, and they tip really high amounts as well. Mm. I'm sure that exists. There are people who are just sitting there, like, you know, jerking off, and they want to see something they've never seen before. Or if it bleeds, it leads. You know, if you're on a campsite and someone in your chat says, hey, there's, you know, shit going down on this other stream. There's a girl killing herself. (laughs) You know, there's going to be people who want to click over and see that. Or are at least so. interested guess, in the drama of it. And then yeah. you'll have, like, you know, other subcultures like, you know, 4chan or something will come on and, and brigade. A, a, I think people have actually been driven to suicide on chat because of 4chan. I don't know I, if that's I true. wouldn't doubt it. Um, but, you know. Yeah, I, I don't know. Something didn't quite click for me about that. Just what the draw of that was, what the mass appeal of that was, why this skeevy, pervy, but still kind of generic old dude the pimp the kingmaker that we've talked about would um you know go you know like that that would be the moment that would make him go oh yeah this kid's really got something you know and she slit her throat on camera i just it it didn't click for me i don't know maybe i'm giving that audience too much credit or something but it just didn't seem like that would really generate that much of a following for someone i don't think that's what it was about i think he was attracted to the fact that she took a huge risk that she's so She's so ambitious to get to the top. He had been vaguely aware of her, and then he saw her do something that he'd never really seen before and was like, yeah, you got something special, kid. Or and maybe... going to kind of kind of coach her. This guy is clearly very proud of his connections. He's very proud of his personal relationship with the number one cam girl, baby doll, uh, yeah. or baby girl. Baby girl. Baby yeah. girl. So maybe he just sees her as a rising star, and he wants in on the action. Not necessarily to make her a raising, rising star, but because he wants to know everyone who's at the top. Another way to look at it. I don't know. Yeah. It's a little underdeveloped. There's a lot of subplots going on in this movie. And I don't. I didn't feel like there was a ton of meat in any of them. Right. And yeah. That, there's a, there are a number of underdeveloped elements to this, and that frustrated me throughout the movie. There were a lot of scenes where I'd watch it and I'd be like, I don't really understand why I just watched that scene. And then I, when I watched it the second time, I kind of pulled more things out. I'm like, okay, I think this is what they were trying to do with this scene. Didn't really work for me. But the mystery and just my curiosity as to why and how this is happening drove my interest throughout the movie oh yeah 
for sure. It's a it's a where the fuck did where the fuck did this doppelganger come from? Who created it? Does she have a mysterious twin? What the fuck is is going on? Footage being recycled because it seems impossible. Yes, it seems impossible. And the more the deeper you get into the movie, the more impossible it seems. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And so I was very interested in how that was going to get wrapped up, and I could not predict it. I thought I had it figured out from the third scene. Did not have it figured out. And I think it's fair to say now, because it's going to factor, at least into my review, that there are really no answers given to any of that shit in the end. I disagree. To I how had, the doppelganger comes about? I had well, a satisfying enough explanation because, well, we'll, we'll get, we'll into, get it. into it. I, I, it's, there's a level of ambiguity to it. There is, I think, some concrete explanations that the director and writer intended that didn't really connect for me. We'll talk about there it. There is almost total around. ambiguity to me. But well, we'll, that we'll is a, that is it. a good point, though, because because I was so invested in the mystery, I was kind of disappointed when it didn't tie up the mystery to my satisfaction. Well, I will say this: I don't like. Uh, I shouldn't say I don't like. Um, I, I often the like thrillers and horror movies. I prefer the ones that really move me are the ones that ask more questions than they offer answers. And this was a film that asked a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we, that's the whole—that's the whole thrill of it. Is mm-hmm. like, a, like Chris said, it becomes seems more impossible as we go on. I, I, I got enough of an answer. I didn't want to know anymore. I think mm-hmm. it was just a case of tone, and obviously, we'll still get into details of this more. But to me, it set itself up as a very conventional feeling sort of film to, that was preparing for a fairly conventional answer and conventional resolution to all this. I don't necessarily dislike the idea of there being an ambiguous sort of resolution to this all that we'll discuss in more detail later. But to me, it didn't set up the tone to merit that. If it had been a different kind of film that had a different mm-hmm. tone or had been directed by a few different people who I'm not going to rattle off here because I feel like it's almost cliche to sort of throw out their names, I, I would have enjoyed it more. But it, it set itself up as something that was going to give me a more concrete answer. It set itself up as like a, a Hitchcock thing. It felt very yeah. Hitchcocky. And I was, oh, there's a double, you know, she's yeah. going to have a twin sister that she forgot about that died or you know what i I thought i I mean it kind of plays like a like a michael crichton novel like in where it's just very interesting kind of nuts and bolts of how this is all happening yes which is weird takes a dog leg and it becomes something a little more subtle and maybe a little more fantastic and a little more supernatural maybe i mean this is a movie that wants to be about this character and nothing else there's this whole thing going on with the double that I really don't think is that I don't think the answer to how that's happening is as important as the journey that this character is going through trying to reconcile her career path that she's chosen and her personal life that's like that should be more uh, that that should be the focus but it really does feel like the focus is trying to solve this mystery I wasn't disappointed that there was sort of a lack of an explanation because I got what it was about but i still think it the the focus was totally in the wrong place that's that's good and i like movies for example one of my favorite movies which happens to also be a like erotic psychological thriller basic instinct mm-hmm. yes. plays with a lot of mystery and ambiguity all the way up to the last minute of the movie and in the last minute of the movie michael douglas 
doesn't really know if Sharon Stone is a murderer or not. And we are, we've been gaslighted so bad that we're not even sure, even though we know for a goddamn fact she's a murderer, we don't believe it. <laughs> and the worst thing that movie does is, is shows you in the last like frame proof that she's actually a murderer. Mm-hmm. But the, the reason that works for me and this doesn't is because Michael Douglas doesn't care or he doesn't want to know. And this character does care and does want to know. And also she has a problem to solve and she, we won't say if she solves it or not, but the path to her resolving this issue needs to be more well-defined. Am I explaining that right? I think it that almost needs to be less defined, actually, to justify the ambiguous ending. Because it's like you said before, it's very con- concerned with the nuts and bolts of how some of this shit is coming together. And so it sets you up for something where pieces fit together. You know, There mm-hmm. are so many little pieces that are introduced and you're expecting an, oh, this is how this all clicks together. But it mostly it kind of abandons most of those pieces there's a lot of just sort of loose threads totally disagree well, totally disagree can't wait to talk about if, it but i don't know you, if i can say anymore <laughs> if you tell me that this girl doesn't care and she just wants to get back on cam and whatever the circumstances of this intrusion into her life are are kind of arbitrary because the movie's about her and, and what she's going through that's fine but she's still in order to solve her personal thing she has to solve the problem. Yes. And the logic of how the problem is solved or isn't solved didn't make sense because I didn't know enough about what was going on. Mm, okay. it's I'm getting It Follows vibes here based on your <laughs> interpretations Ooh. of this. Ooh. Oh, it, Can you see the similarity in the, how vague that film is? Like, we know some basic rules, but we don't know a lot about, like, the source of, of the, the supernatural problem. And in the end, two characters make a deliberate choice in spite of the fact that they don't know how to solve the problem. Mm. There's a, a, well, something well, similar we'll, happens we'll in this tab- film. We'll table this for you know a few minutes. We'll go to the spoiler room. We should. We'll, we'll yeah. hash it all out. Um, it Follows has that sort of dreamlike atmosphere, though, that creates the environment for that ambiguity to me. I understand the comparison, but I think it does a better job of creating the tone where that ambiguity works for me. You, sure. It, it, it comes down to personal preference, but I think I mostly agree with you. That this film comes really close to having that atmosphere, though. I've touched on before that there are certain things that, like, reflect reality, and then there are certain things that kind of refract reality in it. Like, mm-hmm. does the Cam Girl Clubhouse really exist? Is mm-hmm. this really a window oh, into a world? By that. I'd love to know, but it does. It, it feels like it's almost deliberately set up as, like, this is... We're, we're letting you in on, like, sort of how these people behave, but it's also kind of a fantasy. It's a parable. Mm. This movie felt always like one step removed from reality. So to me, it did set up that dreamy atmosphere where I was able to accept the conclusion mm-hmm. and not be disappointed by it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that what I don't know if it's what the movie's going for, but that's a fine way to look at it. I, I watched it late at night. It, I kind of fell into its you know under its spell. <laughs> under its spell. I'm glad we're bringing up It Follows though, because one thing I liked about this movie is that it's an you know, kind of a, it's a, I don't know if it's an erotic thriller, but it's a thriller that is drenched in sex, but it's not misogynistic at all. And the, like compared to basic instinct, it's not, <laughs> I like basic instinct, <laughs> but there's a lot of problematic elements to oh, it. Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and it was good to see something where it's like the thrill isn't in a woman being raped and the thrill isn't in like how bad a woman is because she's having sex. And there's not really much sex in this movie either. I mean, there are some scenes that are like where sexual behavior is 
obviously happening but the director is very careful to obscure certain details think about like the vibratron sequence like that whatever that thing looks like it's left to our imagination it's better in your imagination yeah exactly Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah no it's, it's it's very tasteful and just the comparison. I don't even it, know if it's tasteful so much as it its aim is not to titillate. I would say I, that's tastefulness. Yeah, in a nutshell. I think it aims to titillate a little more than it follows aim to titillate. Hmm. And I, I don't know. Really, it follows is I'm basically just relitigating my point about it follows, where I just kind of thought that girl was you know had a little too much sex under duress in that movie. But that's a different conversation. Yeah. Let's talk about the cinematography. And the color. There is some color in this film. This could for be sure. a Nicholas Winding Refn movie with the level of color <laughs> that's going on in it. Yeah. Reminded me of Terrifier, in fact. Ah. Uh, this was a way better looking movie than Terrifier. It's better, but it has the same garish sort of color palette. It's, I wouldn't call it garish, I call it vibrant. Yeah. Mm, it's pretty garish at points. The, that pink and blue shit in the cam room. I loved it. There's lots of pinks, lots of uh, blues, lots of yellows and oranges. It's it's a very colorful movie. And I like it when there's a lot of color in a movie, but it's like the point of the cinematography didn't seem to be like, it wasn't like paying itself on the back too much about using the color. All no. the colors made sense. There are two interesting things about that choice to me. Um, so one we see the, the, this like you know very interestingly lit i won't say garrisonly lit room that she that she records her or broadcasts from we actually see her on screen it's amazing how sort of like dim the images and how like crushed the colors are and how they're almost like warped it looks just it pales in comparison to the sensuality of seeing her in her room sort of behaving and playing around on the rug mm-hmm. it just looks so like gross mm-hmm I don't oh, that's, know any other that's, way to put that's it. what happens when you compress your video online. That's yes. why you got to watch your horror movies on Blu-ray instead of on Netflix. What have I been talking about? There we go. But it's also, I love the contrast between like her world and the real world. When she goes to visit her mom at the salon that she operates, or she goes to the, the right. general dollar, whatever the fuck yeah. it is where she runs into her friend, it just looks like she's in a third world country compared to where we've been spending the rest of our time. Right. Yeah, sure does. Well, and it's interesting that contrast between the low quality video and how shitty it does look on uh on the screen because i think it helps sort of build empathy because these girls are represented in a very i don't know unflattering way i guess when you see the the video online which may make it easier to kind of distance yourselves from them and think of them more as a character so it makes it all the more striking and almost poignant sometimes when you go from the video of her to the actual shots of her in her natural environment as a fucking human being reacting to what's going on Mm-hmm. Moreover, the, sty- the 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 lighting in particular, you know, lends inherent and immediate drama to something that I can never imagine could be dramatized, which is the the world of a solitary cam girl just broadcasting to strangers on the internet. It's right. got like a verve to it, even just in how it looks, that you you wouldn't expect if you just imagined what a movie about a cam girl would look like. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed. I'm not sure this is going to be the definitive movie, the definitive thriller about the life of a cam girl. Like, you mentioned Hitchcock. Did you have one in the works? Well, no, <laughs> no, but like you mentioned Hitchcock, and I'm thinking of what kind of movie Alfred Hitchcock would have made around the same concept of like this girl and the lifestyle and the work she does and the people she relates to. It'd probably be a fucking banger compared to this movie. Not to say I didn't, I wasn't compelled by this movie. But well, see, and that's sort of the thing that bothers me about the, you know, the tonal problem that we've talked about where there's, you know, kind of this 
it, it just falls sort of in between like the Hitchcock, very clockwork plotting, very conclusive ending with a big reveal about why this has all happened. It falls somewhere between that on one end of the scale and the David Lynchy, Denis Villeneuve kind of thing where mm-hmm. it's, you know, a very existential. You said you were going to drop <laughs> I, I had to, though. I'm going to take those tokens back. I'm, I'm I mean, glad especially you Villeneuve. Like, I'm just thinking of fucking enemy, you know? Yeah. Like, if Villeneuve made this movie, how much more interesting it would be if it was just if it was just that much weirder and there was some just off the wall imagery and if it was a little more dreamlike and a little less real and and a set up a reality where you expected fewer concrete answers and it just is somewhere in this netherland mm-hmm. where i'm i enjoy it and i appreciate what it's doing and i appreciate the degree to which it's dipping its toe in both pools but in my head i'm also imagining way better movies if you were to actually commit to one side of the scale or the other. Well, I'm not sure it commits enough to the concept, like, of just a cam girl. Like, you know, you watch the movie Phone Booth for all its problems, and there's no denying that movie's about a fucking phone booth and what it's like to be in a phone I don't have <laughs> any problems with that movie. <laughs> like, I haven't seen it. Um, Isn't that Joel Schumacher? And Larry yeah. Cohen wrote it? Oh, man, good stuff. I, Colin I, Farrell? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Uh-huh. Uh, Kiefer Sutherland is the no, voice on the spoiler phone. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but but no, like this movie doesn't seem to be about I want to say I'm not sure if it's really about camming or the horrors of camming. It reminded me a lot of like actually it reminded me a lot of 8th grade. Yeah, uh, which I haven't seen yet, mm. but I still know what you mean from Where, hearing about it. Right, it's more of a movie just about the general extremely online millennial culture Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i think it's like i said already i think it's much more about the angst of sort of working and living as a millennial than it is about anything else i think i I honestly think that the whole cam girl setting kind of trips it up and hinders the movie more than anything else yes right and it's but give me and and that's again where that uh, dichotomy comes up for me because either give me the Hitchcock thriller about a fucking cam yes. girl that is just about a cam girl and kind of you know a dive into this semi city world, giving it <laughs> yeah, or give me a movie about a millennial trying to make it in the gig economy with like some weird like trippy ambiguous shit that is not hindered by the cam girl. The dilemma concept. in this movie is not specific to camming. No, not I at all. I think that's. I, I think that's an advantage this movie has is that we can extrapolate what's going on with this person who's in this very specific industry to the gig economy right. as a whole. Or, so I'm not holding that against the movie. It's fine. I will admit it doesn't it doesn't commit to either side in a way that I was satisfied with. This is end, just but. what I meant when I say I'm, I don't think it's the definitive cam girl movie in that like the way Rear Window is the definitive movie about being laid up in your house in a wheelchair looking out the window. Because the problem isn't necessarily directly connected to cam being a cam sure. girl, and it's a little more mm-hmm. abstract. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that someone could do a more be- a better nuts and bolts thriller. I don't know. It's probably been fucking made though. There's probably a movie on Netflix called like you know like like Sex dot com Killer or something <laughs> that's like just a piece of trash. Like the website kills you movie. <laughs> Well, I feel like we've been expressing our opinions for the last 10 minutes, so why don't we review this and we can get into, yeah, we'll get into some the of the spoilers. deeper shit. Would you like to go first, Steven? Yeah, uh, I, I'm going to give it a cue it. It's a very high cue it, though. I, I, this is not a perfect movie, but I'm really fucking glad that Chris asked us to watch it, and I'm glad it exists. It's got an interesting style. I don't think it commits to that style hard enough, but I was fully absorbed in this world, this narrative, this mystery, all the way through. 
as for whether or not it's a horror movie, I don't care. It did fill me with with enough dread for for me to to believe that it would be in the horror queue on Netflix. Mm. So yeah, cue it, Patrick. I'd give it a cue it too. Um, it's it's entertaining. There are a lot of individual um, strong elements to it, but you know I have a number of problems with it where I think it could have done better that I've expressed quite a bit already. Chris. I will also give it a cue it, a very high cue it, and it makes me a little sad that we all have to give it cue its because the last movie that got straight cue its on our show was Boys in the Trees. And uh, I think this is a much is a better much, movie. Yeah, it is. I don't know, would you agree? Yeah, it's a it's a way better movie, this but is a we're, much better yeah. movie. we're not, you know, we're not comparing. We so have a three note little three note scale. Um and so I give it a high cue it. It compelled me watching it the second time i thought i would be drawn in more i thought i was going to unpack some more levels to it and i didn't and i think i liked it a lot less on the second viewing than i did on the first just because the mystery wasn't there for me yeah it's it's a good mystery i'm not sure i would recommend it to anybody really if you've never if, if you don't know anything about cam girl websites and you've never read any articles or been on a site and and this is your first exposure to that world, mm-hmm. then view it. Cause I think you'll find that element of it very interesting. And I think what part of what they were trying to do here is expose that industry to kind of the, you know, non online audience. And also I did, I thought it was fucking scary in parts. Uh, so when we're talking about if it's a horror movie or not, I, I got goosebumps several times in this movie. I can't wait to get into those. Cause there's a few moments for me too. I was not scared at any point during this movie. I will no. say that I was scared. So yeah, I will give it a cue it, and uh, with that, we're ready to go talk about the good stuff. So if you want to go uh, judge the movie for yourself, zip on over and, uh, and tip us twenty credits. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I should have said, give me twenty tokens for a screw it and thirty for a view. <laughs> yeah. We didn't even set that up at the beginning. That's a shame. Um, uh, our more astute listeners will get the joke. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see you in the spoiler room in a little bit. If you want to join us, we will spoil everything. All right, welcome back to every horror movie on Netflix. We're down here in the spoiler room. We got looking plush tonight. We got the purple wash going on. We got, got the red shag, velvet curtains. Got a giant rug, teddy bear. Giant teddy bear. We got our box of vibrators. Hey guys, <laughs> there's always a box of vibrators, but <laughs> it's still here. <laughs> Um, Man, look at all the credits that just came in when you said box of vibrators. <laughs> we just amazing. pulled it closer to the table. That's all. Amazing. <laughs> um, so, so basically, where where to start the spoilers here? There's a lot of different things going on in this movie. A lot of different subplots that we might touch on that don't really amount to anything. The, 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 <laughs> yes, the, the, we can maybe let those fall by the wayside. We'll let those fall by the wayside unless we need to bring them up. The main conclusion of the mystery, though, is well. It's kind of up to the viewer's interpretation. At least I thought. Then I yeah. read. I deliberately avoided all. You, you search Cam on on Google, and you get some interesting results. But the ones about this movie are all <laughs> like ending of Cam explained. What's there's no it? explanation. No, there's not. And there's there well, shouldn't there be. There is because I have, I intentionally avoided all of anything that anyone had written about their interpretation interpretation of the ending of the movie because I want to develop my own interpretation. But then I saw that actually the writer and director are on record 
I, you know, I increasingly appreciate directors who make sort of elusive films who say it's up to your interpretation. Me too. That's not who we have behind I, this movie. I exclusively appreciate directors who make ambiguous films and say it's up to your interpretation. If you make an ambiguous film and then explain the ending, that's just fucking, that pisses me off. That's fucking cheap. That's cheapening your yeah. art, your own artistic choice to, I guess, assuage people's confusion. And you know what movie I loved? Shutter Island. You know a yeah. movie I don't like that much because I saw Scorsese talking about what he did, you know, what the ending meant? Shutter Island. <laughs> because the actual, like, objective truth of the movie they made is not what I had pieced together in my head. And what I pieced together in my head was a lot more interesting. Shutter Island is not really ambiguous, though. Well, we can have that discussion when we get to the <laughs> S's. <laughs> um... I hope. So, in the in the, in the minds of the writer and director, Alice slash Lola's identity has been hijacked by an algorithm. Well, I thought that that's what I assumed. So it's an AI. Yeah. Okay. I assumed it was some kind of like. I assumed that it was like somewhat like like a one foot in like actual technology and science and one foot in like the supernatural. Like there's like this deep fake AI technology hybrid thing. That is sort of piecing together people's identities. And because she spends so much time on the internet, it's able to gather so much like visual and audio information about her right. to then exploit her. How this then decides that it's going to take over her account and make money. I mean, it's just it gets really murky. But yeah, as I, far as it being like a slightly supernatural explanation, that's what I intuited from what happened on screen. And it, I thought that was fine. It's not that supernatural, though, if it's just uh, a rogue algorithm. I mean, it's supernatural it's, if it's that well, successful. But that's <laughs> like the ghost. That's like a ghost on the Internet. It's the though, ghost a rogue in the algorithm. machine. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a Michael Crichton thing. And I liked it. I, I, I thought it was uh, cool. I'll tell you how I interpreted it before. I If I hadn't read anything. Because this is revealed when she goes to Tinker Boy's motel room, mm-hmm. and until this point, she thinks, and we think, that Tinker Boy is actually up to no good, and apparently Lola slash Alice is not the only cam girl who has been had her identity taken from her. Some of the top gross, in fact, the top grossing cam star on the website is actually dead, has yes. been dead for uh, several Two years, years yeah. uh, which was a, a horrifying moment. There's a whole like kind of terrifying sequence where she sees her doppelganger and and baby girls, what we now know as the doppelganger, together, like walking through her house while mm-hmm. like and she like while the video of that is playing, she's in her bedroom and they're slowly making their way to her bedroom and we believe that like the door is going to open and they're going to be there and the mystery will be solved. I didn't believe it, but she sure did. Well, that's what I meant, you know. Like, <laughs> So maybe there is a supernatural element because I don't know where the AI would have gotten to her house like to, to her, see every you know, angle of the scenes yeah. that she's not filming in. But I don't know. So I, I actually, so basically Tinker Boy is like, no, I'm. I, there's just something that's out there. And I actually thought it was like just totally supernatural. I thought it was just like a demon with no explanation. And I was kind of into that. Mm. And especially on my second watch, watching it and trying to put that together because you see you know you know she did like have like a ritualistic suicide of herself on camera to get 
tokens Mm -hmm. you know that seems like an invitation to the beast a little bit (laughs) and then you know when she's flipping through her calendars because she's got a calendar of every show she's ever done and all it's it's like kavanaugh like every (laughs) it's just oh my god a hundred thousand tokens to you for that (laughs) it's just like kavanaugh like like every day has a note about the the theme that she did for that day because she's trying to remember was i ever in a bath a little kiddie pool in my room yeah uh but you see that she did like you know seven deadly sins week and stuff and Uh you know she's in there doing freaky shit lighting candles who knows what you're inviting when you do that stuff <laughs> oh man better movie yeah and, better movie and, if she like invites and like invocates a, a like an internet demon and so then when you get to the scenes where she's talking to this doppelganger for the first time and the doppelganger is like kind of naive but to think that it's a mask for something that's actually evil pretty fucking scary very scary to me turns out it's just an algorithm kind of boring you know what it serves the same purpose i think if it were a supernatural film about a demon and even like down to like the invocation the invocation is her spending so much fucking time in front of this awful app and exploiting herself constantly exposing herself and making herself vulnerable to a number of like very realistic threats Mm -hmm. that could be made against her on on the internet that exists in our own world and in this world i I don't think it's that much of a stretch to imagine that th- this sort of thing could potentially happen. It's about I think that sounds weirdly shamey to be so negative. I, I don't think it presents what she's doing that negatively. Um, like she's, I don't think it presents her as exploiting herself. That's a really good question. I don't know. That just kind of came out of my mouth. I don't how, think how it you guys aims feel about to. It? No, um, no, but she is overexposing herself, which well, is not necessarily the same thing as exploiting herself. And I don't mean overexposing her body or anything. I just mean she's spending full 70 hours a week in front of a webcam i guess what i mean is she's compromising her own values over the course of the film like i don't think it's this movie clearly doesn't make a judgment against cam girls it treats it as like a you know a, a totally like normal a profession trait but she compromises her own values and continues to expose herself in new and different ways that go against the rules that she had set for working in this profession and that's i feel where she invites the you know the supernatural threat in if we're looking at this as that kind of film mm. and why she's chosen deliberately ambiguous she asks tinker who seems to know some shit he's like i don't know i can tell when it's gonna take someone but fuck if i know probably just because she's relatively high in the rankings yeah or you know relatively high in the, the in the rankings and also like she's she's like she's newer to this than i think it's established she's newer to this than many of the people who are in the top 10 or 20 maybe the algorithm already got to the 49 above her well it did i mean it took over baby girl Mm -hmm. baby girl's been dead for two years or something Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it's it's a more satisfying conclusion to the mystery than some of the ones i had thought my first thought was because they mentioned tinker boy works in it Uh i'm like all right we have an obsessed fan who's making deep fakes that's what i thought early on and that would have been very making what deep fakes relatively new in the technology scene you can explain this better than i can largely used for pornography for non-consensual pornography but also in the discussion of what's going to happen when you do this to like presidents etc right technology is to the point where you can basically replace someone's face with reference photos right and make it look like you or i are doing something that we didn't actually do somebody did this with solo a star wars story actually and like like de-aged Harrison Ford and then superimposed that face over the actor who plays him like through the entire movie and there's a montage <laughs> online it's shit. kind of amazing and they altered the voice and everything too right. oh my god I mean it's not new technology but what's new is it's 
more accessible uh-huh. now yeah. and anyone can do it from their computer and put out yeah. fake videos that will fool your eye um, oh I've, I've seen some i'm aware of the concept i just hadn't heard that name before yeah so i thought case closed tinker boys making deep fakes and then i was kind of upset that it was kind of being like timely and the cam girl element and timely and deep fakes i was like yeah but that's not what we get that's good then I thought there was like a shadow, shadowy cabal that's like, you know, killing women, has like a sweatshop of like, you know, exploited women who are doing these shows with the other women's identities. Well, it's yeah. intimated early on that, what the fuck, Alice, yeah. right? Is there, Alice thinks that baby girl might know something and might be in this. So she meets up with her sugar daddy, the Brian, Brian Cox looking guy, to get information about her. And that's how she ends up finding she was dead. But early on, I was like, oh, maybe like baby girl has like created like a like a faction of cam girls who are trying to stomp this girl out because she's climbing up the rankings too quickly and has become a threat to oh, that would be cool that scene where she meets the sugar daddy yielded like one of the only laugh out loud moments in this movie for me they go to this mexican restaurant they, they basically go to like fucking chi chi's or something he says it's this great like authentic restaurant right. it's this you fucking... live in new mexico and it's the best you can do for mexican food yeah <laughs> and there's this like white dorky looking 20 something server who's taking care of them and he greets them by saying hola buenos tardes <laughs> and he is just fucking hilarious that whole yeah. scene like great scene it's really oddly funny it's scene. an oddly comic scene but i mean i appreciated that moment of levity before shit gets real that yeah. was kind of a terrifying sequence in the end mm-hmm. yeah yeah what i did like was because all the only information she gets from this sugar daddy about who baby girl is, is he gets her the city that she lives in Mm -hmm. and that she used to be the prom queen. I like, I, I'm known uh, to some of my friends as being a great internet stalker. No, he doesn't. She doesn't even get the name of the city. She, he shows her a photo of a restaurant they went to. He mentions the name of the state. Yeah, he knows she's store. in Georgia. Yeah, that there's a hardware store with a certain name, and then she is able to find out, and that he was, and then she was the prom queen, and he's able to find, she's able to find out everything about her life, and that's what you do. Yeah, you stalk people. I stalk people. Yeah, I've done the same thing with like two pieces of very minimal information. Like I will find you. Yeah, the only person who's off the grid <laughs> I will entirely. Find you. <laughs> yeah, there the we only, go. The only person who's completely untraceable is Patrick's former neighbor, who may, maybe Wait, died. What? What? Oh, Patrick had a neighbor who like disappeared and like men in white coats came and cleared out his apartment. That's not true. <laughs> it's close enough. You want to talk about it? I mean, not really, because you <laughs> extrapolated way more from what I thought were like mildly curious events. I mean, I, I, I think he just moved out. Yeah, well, it was sketchy, and I tried my <laughs> damnedest to find out what happened to this guy. He fell off the face of the fucking earth. <laughs> well, back on topic. <laughs> One, okay, so like a good thriller needs. Dude, a, we, you should have looked on XTube for him. You should have looked on I uh, free I, I, free boys I, live I, for I looked him. At, at all the campsites. I spent yeah. thousands and thousands of tokens trying to get leads. <laughs> <laughs> was the, make a make a movie about the private investigator in the world of cam girls who just like gives slips people tokens for information. Dude, great idea for a movie. But what if the private investigator was Jay? Oh. Oh, oh man, these sound cues, guys. This is getting out of control. <laughs> out of control. No, like a good thriller needs a, a smart protagonist that is also prone to being misled or confused. And 
This movie totally delivered. Like, that's a perfect example of how, like, even as desperate as she is and confused as she is, she's so smart. Like, she knows how, she knows, she's, exploitation is her business. Like, she's exploiting complete strangers. She's not exploiting herself, I'll make that clear, but she's exploiting complete strangers who are willing to pay, you know, whatever the equivalent of 10,000 tokens is or whatever to see her do almost anything. And when it comes down to it, and this speaks to the gig economy lifestyle as well, like, you know, when you got to pay the bills, you're going to fight and you're going to use every brain cell you have. And I enjoyed watching her trying to piece together this mystery with what little clues and connections she'd had. Right. Because this is her economic lifeline, which isn't really... Yeah, that's important. Can we talk briefly about another one of the many, like, weird little loose ends in this movie, yes. which is... is it Kate? Is that the friend that she meets at yes. the store? Yeah. Yes. Let's, I wanted to talk I about her. I was fascinated by I her. I was fascinated by her. Because, so she runs into this person when she's shopping at the Dollar General or whatever early in the movie, and it's someone she knew from high school. She's kind of a bitch to this person. They just have a really awkward interaction. Yeah. And then she ends up inviting Kate... Yes. To her brother's birthday party, Kate shows up. There's a weird moment where she takes a couple of photos of Kate that Kate asked her to take. Mm-hmm. I was really thinking for a minute that Kate had something to do with this whole scheme. But Kate ends up being quite incidental to the whole thing. Other than maybe providing uh, some sort of context for why Alice does what she does. Because she basically doesn't want to live the lifestyle. I mean, so, you know, obviously... She doesn't obviously want to work it, in a Dollar General, obviously, right? Yeah, obviously it town. raises the question, like, why Why would you devote your life to this particular lifestyle and this career choice? And, you know, by extension, the larger metaphor of the gig economy thing, like, why would you even do that if you can just get, like, a normal job? Well, because then you're Kate, and Kate doesn't seem to be, like, super thrilled with her life, right. you know, and probably You know what? Is, she seems like, pretty grounded, buying, though. Well, yes, she's in, not able. In to contrast, buy a, to she's Alice. not able to buy a five thousand dollar couch. Though <laughs> I thought she was a fucking cam girl. Yeah, um, I thought there was something there with her, and there it turns out to be yeah. nothing. What the fuck? Are you explain this to me. All right, well, because they, I'm like, why is she in the movie? She comes to the birthday party. They have another little awkward interaction at the birthday party, and then Kate, you know, just out of thin air, is like, "Hey, I need some photos of me in this outfit. Take some for me." And yeah. starts taking photos, and the pose but, she strikes, and kind of the expression she has suggests oh, uh, like she's something. You guys are reading too much. Like I just thought this is like, hey, you're at like you finally showed up to your brother's birthday party. I've been here forever, and There's like I want to show there. off to my friends that I'm at this like I've dressed up, like I look glamorous. This is like she doesn't get invited to parties, so like she's at this thing with her family, and she just wants to have no, something to show no, on Instagram. No, but there's this, nobody in the background of the photos. This, it's a close up on her as the photos are taken, and she strikes a pose. Like it, she definitely strikes. It. There's something that's well, we're supposed to gain from that moment. I don't, I don't yeah, know I think what it so. is. Well, she has no fucking reason to be in the movie unless she relates yes. to the theme somehow. Yeah, and I think she relates to the theme. I don't think she's a cam girl because incidentally, no, she's not. This plot line. I crosses, thought she was going to be. Oh my god, this, this is blowing my. This crosses with another subplot where uh, Alice's family, her mom, doesn't know that she what she does. Right. And at the birthday party, it's exposed that she is a camera. Because her girl. brother's friends are watching videos right. of her. Starts or videos a, of her doppelganger. So right. it starts a very public drama where the whole party is like, she's outed in front of the entire party that she's a cam girl. And Kate... There's like Kate's just as like taken aback as anybody else. There's no acknowledgement. There's no nothing. So I don't think that she's also a cam girl. I do think the movie's trying to say something about just our like that like eighth grade, just our like 
a superficial persona. We got to be online sort of culture. Well, we get the sense that she and Alice used to be like best friends. And I think she's like, you know, hey, we're out at a party together, even though it's this sad fucking birthday party. She's like, hey, we're out at a party together. Like, take a picture of me looking good. So I can post on Instagram. Like, I felt that to think that she would, that she might be a cam girl is totally insane. But I don't think you're totally insane. I don't don't think think it's true. I don't think you're insane because this movie is so kind of haphazardly put together at times that but that's such a moment like the camera slowly moves towards kate as those pictures are being taken it's just it's a weird moment i don't understand what the significance is i think she's just there to represent how someone who's not a cam girl can still be in this exhibitionist sort of space online where you have a fucking podcast so we should understand (laughs) Um, wait so chris clarify something for me do you are you still of the mindset like having watched the movie twice are you saying you think kate is a cam girl no or you thought she was i thought she she was, was going to turn out to be i've decided that she's not a cam girl but i think she's there to represent another side of the same sorts of things where we have these this online persona mm-hmm. and our is our online presentation bringing us together or driving us apart yeah okay that i can get down yeah with. i i read that into it but also it was like a weird it's a weird it, no it's, it's it's a moment for like us to feel even more sort of in, involved in alice's world and and who she used to be like that's what was important to me was like what i learned about alice kate is a totally incidental character that is meant to be a mirror to alice in mm. that moment well, I don't know. I think they're saying a lot of things using... I think they may be saying that, but I think they're also saying something about the economy and the job that Alice could have had otherwise. I think they're also saying something about, you know, how the same things that Alice does are, you know, happen in other parts mm-hmm. of society. Anyway, interesting. I'm glad that scene's there. Yeah, I'm glad. That, I mean, because I'm just... I'm glad you guys brought that to the table because I thought it, it was... To me, it was pretty clear cut, and now I'm thinking maybe I want to go back and watch that scene again. And that's kind of an example of what this movie does, which is, like you said, bring up questions, not just about the mystery, but there's just a lot of questions about the characters and the Some of that's bad screenwriting, but some of it, I think, is also really intentional. Right. I don't know how much is intentional or not, but I, I thought a lot about this movie, and what was, that's why I watched it twice. So I guess we'll, uh, we'll get down to the, you know, how it all turns out, right? Yeah, and, <laughs> and I, I guess I'll set this up by saying that I was so thirsty for an answer that I was like, all right, we're down to the final showdown. It's the big final scene, and I was just really disappointed. Yeah, you're expecting her to, She. long story short, she confronts her doppelganger in her own room. You know, basically she gets a private chat with the doppelganger who doesn't recognize her because she's a demon or an AI or what have you. So she doesn't know that she's a doppelganger. Right. So she's able, Alice is able to convince the doppelganger to bring her into the public chat where everyone can see the two of them having their interaction. Which is fascinating because she's trying to convince the doppelganger. She's trying to like show the doppelganger that the doppelganger is fake, but she's also trying to convince the online audience that she's the real one and the doppelganger is a fake. Right. And at the I, same time. and yeah, I'm 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 here for it. I'm I'm loving the showdown. I'm expecting like any good mystery, you want to see, you know, Poirier come in at the end and be like, <laughs> "This is how I'm going to expose you." And you know, "Oh, you just caught the ball with your left hand or Ooh. whatever." Inspector Poirier. I didn't know that was how it was pronounced. I don't think that's how it's pronounced. How I it, thought it was Poirot. Poirot. Oh, that's right. Poirot. That's right. <laughs> you know what I mean. Poirot. I thought that was who you meant. Yeah. Poirot. Poirot. Whatever. Yeah. So you're expecting this, like, just this fucking dunk 
And, I mean, we get a dunk. <laughs> <laughs> Will somebody explain it? Because I like... It's a I, weird scene. We've got this hall of mirrors because she's she's got like a vanity in her room, but she also has this giant fucking computer monitor that has a gold frame on a TV stand. She's on cam, but she turns that toward the mirror. Like, the logistics of it are simple, but still baffling to me. It just makes an interesting visual where you see, like, six Yeah, it's like the Lady of Shanghai or something. Like, it's it's, it's cool. Like, it seems to be a callback to that, but it's even more visually impressive. Uh, It's like split screen, so there's doppelganger Alice on one side with the 17 mirrors behind her. Oh, our listeners know. They've all had had private chats with cam girls, I'm sure. (laughs) Yep. With mirrors. Yeah. Oh, always with the mirror. I wasn't trying to explain the private chat. I was trying to explain the visual of the two Alices side by side in a split screen with the same, like, hall of mirrors behind them, which is interesting visual it's striking right. yeah and it's actually i think the visual that shows up if you like mouse over cam or put your cursor mm. on cam on the netflix catalog mm. call me out if i'm wrong but like the way that she like finally sort of defeats the doppelganger and convinces the, the the online viewers that she's real is that she like bashes her fucking head into the into the <sighs> but table. she doesn't convince them there's it's a couple there's a couple things going on here they basically Alice challenges the doppelganger to a. They basically like monkey dare, see monkey do. That's what she calls it. They're daring each other to do things, and it starts off tame. And they raise the stakes, and and it's like, okay, if I win, you need to, you know, there's going to be a prize, whatever. Alice eventually escalates it to where she's just slamming her own head onto her vanity, fucking up her face, breaking her nose. She's bloody as hell. She looks like she just went five rounds in the octagon, <laughs> <laughs> and. <laughs> And Alice, like, is kind of, but, like, she's, the the AI, I guess, isn't programmed for that level of destruction, even though it can do everything else. So, like, Alice is just, like, glitching out, and, like, the blood is showing up on her face. And the cam audience is like, oh, something's not right here. What's going on? So, on one level, new Alice, the doppelganger, loses the dare. And then old Alice asks for her password back. Yeah. And she's able to delete her account. Eh. on another level i think why would the ai concede i had a lot of trouble with this is why i think the ai concedes because secondary to what's going on on that level the fans are loving it and they're tipping like crazy and she's rising in the ranks to like number three or something crazy and i think the ai is optimized for like to be the best alice and the AI realizes that she's not the best Alice, and so here, you can have your account back, because you're doing it better than I am. I don't know. That's the best I can pull from it. It's not explained, so... (laughs) (laughs) That's that's the one thing I wish were explained in this movie. They had, like, a little bit more logic to it, but, you know, whatever. So, final scene, because, and I mean, I guess I'm glad there was a final scene, because I would have been kind of pissed if it just left me with that because i was not satisfied with that showdown but she fixes her nose what did her mom do to her her mom made her up just so she her, looked dyed less her hair up. and well, so because she make up over the scar on her chin well and she's still kind of taking on a new identity too so i didn't realize there was a scar on her chin yeah she fucked herself up good. i just i guess yeah. i was just fixating on the fucked up looking broken nose but yeah, she creates a new cam girl persona. End of story. She, she starts, starts from the bottom of the ranks up, yeah. again. Like 172,538 or something like new that. New wig, new identity, new fake driver's license, I guess. Yeah. 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 So, no, that's, that's what it was. Her mom was like doctoring her up for this fake driver's license. Uh, so uh, what do you make of that? It's, it's cam, I mean, cam 2 is going to be the same story as Cam 1. 
Yeah, I mean, like, I don't understand why she would immediately go back into this profession. Like, I get it. She understands that this risk is there, but the risk has not been sufficiently explained, so she can't sufficiently prepare herself for it. She actually says to her mom something like, if it happens again, I'll make a new account or something. <laughs> like, yeah. when they come into the scene, she's saying something to that extent. I mean, the point is, she wants to be a cam girl. She loves it. And we want her to get back on the wagon, and now she's back on the wagon. And I don't movie. want that. I don't want anything for her, honestly. I didn't care at that point. The, yeah. Like, the the problem had been resolved, and I was done. I didn't feel any investment in that character. I didn't care what happened next for her. She doesn't really learn anything or change at all, but it's kind of like a whiplash, where it's like, that's kind of the point. She's just out to do one thing, and she's got it, and everything else is incidental, like you said. Yeah. But, yeah. All felt very unsatisfying for me. I didn't have a problem with her getting back into the cam business. I just had a problem with how elusive the whole logic of the final showdown was. But that's our movie. Yeah. Out with a whimper. My my uh, <laughs> my token account has run dry. We'll not be tipping any any more of this episode. Yeah, I'm broke. Yeah. So listeners, send us your tokens. <laughs> what are we watching next? Next, um, I don't know if this is good news or bad news. Uh, we're back to our normal place in the alphabet, and we're watching Chernobyl Diaries. Ah, uh, do we know anything about that? I've heard of it. Well, it's called Chernobyl Diaries. Is, I'm gonna guess it's found footage. I don't know. I I don't think it is. I could be wrong. I'm pretty Jesus not. <laughs> but it's. Uh, I'm a fan of Chernobyl as a concept, you know, and, and, and as a setting for scary stuff. So diaries, you're not so hot on. <laughs> diaries no um chernobyl diaries yep so we'll be watching that in two weeks hopefully it's not just like a a documentary on nuclear safety so until then you know where to find us check us out online facebook twitter email us you know tell us what you thought of the movie you know if you if uh if you perform on cam send us a link maybe we'll send you some tokens <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's what i did like about this movie she gets trolled and she trolls him back she does yeah it's true yeah she just trolled multiple times she took a page out of our playbook yeah admirable she must be a, a fan of the show <laughs> we're definitely out of gas please, <laughs> please end this <laughs> i feel like alice's doppelganger just perpetually stuck on the internet having to perform <laughs> constantly with no break all right so so we'll all see you next time until then for every horror movie on netflix i'm chris i'm patrick i'm steven i'm steven wait how are the two of you? I'm Steven. Wait. I'm Steven. Who's I'm Steven? Oh, oh there's, no. There's so many tokens oh, coming no. in.